to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Welcome back, and today we have a first. Today's guest will be a two-parter. Principal Courtney Goodman from Field Elementary School in Illinois is joining us for two weeks, and spoiler alert, every school leader, no matter size, segment, or type of school, will benefit. In today's part one episode, Courtney will share foundational strategies for building a quality leadership team. She will share how she worked with her team to create an effective purpose, the difference between norms and working agreements, and solid agenda creation. Next week, Courtney will be back to talk about facilitation strategies you and your team leads can use in group settings. Now let's get started with today's episode. Welcome, Courtney Goodman, to the show. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. Before we get into too much of our business, let's do the the formal question that we always get off right at the beginning. Can you tell listeners about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So my name's Courtney Goodman. Um, I'm an elementary principal in Park Ridge, Illinois, which is a suburb just outside of Chicago. I started this principal job in July of 2020. So it was a little, little bit of a transition during the sure. middle of the <laughs> pandemic. Um, but I've been a, a building leader for about 10 years, both um, at the middle school level and elementary level. So, And before that, I taught, but I only ever taught middle school. It was a transition to be at the elementary level, but I love it. I'm not going back. Not going back. Okay. <laughs> Those middle schoolers can't pull you back in, huh? No, 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 they can't. I spent a long time there. And when I left, I'm not, I'm not going back. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay. So you and I had the opportunity to connect uh, via the NAESP conference. I sat in one of your sessions that was packed. That room was yeah. so full. So I'm so excited. We're bringing your topic to the masses here through the podcast. And it was all about leadership teams and maximizing those. So I'm so excited to talk about that today. So before we get into too much of the nitty gritty details, can you talk about just what is a leadership team and what's the purpose that it serves? Sure. Yeah. So I mean, my belief around leadership is really that it's got to be shared. I think as a building leader, you can't uh, really be successful or accomplish what you hope to accomplish, both in terms of increasing student growth and learning and helping support your teachers if you don't have others helping you and really as a partnership. And so I think the most effective um, times in, in my leadership have been when I've got a really strong team of teachers who are working together. So I have formed building leadership teams with representation from all of the different grade levels or teams at my building to really help collaborate and and work towards accomplishing those goals. Mm-hmm. Now at your site, is your leadership team, is that something that is expected at all sites or is that something that you saw was missing and needed to happen? Yeah, at my current site, it isn't an, an expectation and it's not something that's present. There's there's five elementary buildings in my district um, and two middle schools, so about 4,000 students in my district. And when I started, at my particular building, there was just a need. There was a grade level 
representation team. Um, but really what it was, was a weekly or every couple of weeks time where they had stored up all their questions to ask me. And then they would sit down and sort of rapid fire, ask me all these questions. <laughs> and I finally said to them towards the end of my first year, you know what, you can ask me these questions anytime, right? Like you don't have to save them all for this meeting. And they were saying, well, you know, we're, we're just, we're used to getting different answers or we're used mm. to, you know, not always everyone being on the same page. So we like this forum where we can ask in live time. So I think once I built up enough trust and rapport sure. with the team, they realized, oh, she's going to give us the same answer, whether we ask her here in public or whether we ask her in private. And so maybe we can move forward and do some other work. So I kind of adapted how I was using that group. But I don't know that all the rest of the principals in my in my building or in my district rather have the same sort of structure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's talk about the logistical pieces. So now that we know the what and the the why behind it, can you talk about the who? Just how you went about selecting members, or was there some kind of election process? Yeah, so I've done it a couple of different ways, both in my first a principal position in a previous district, and then in my current position. So. In my previous role, where the system of a building leadership team was a little bit more established across the district, we used a survey. And so every Mm. teacher in the building completed an end of the year Google survey that asked a variety of questions. So it asked whether they were interested in serving as their team's, you know, team leader and serving on the building leadership team. It asked about whether they wanted to be on our data leadership team or whether they wanted to supervise students in the morning for, you know, uh, a morning arrival, like all sorts of things. And so teams would fill it out. And then I would go through all of that data and figure out what made the most sense, because it's important to have a balanced representation mm-hmm. on the on the teams. So there would always be one sort of team where I'd have to like circle back and say, hey, guys, nobody wanted to be a team leader. You know, here's why that's, you know, maybe not the best thing. Like, are you sure? Like, and and I would sort of prompt and eventually I would get someone who was say, okay, I was just worried about the commitment. So Mm -hmm. in my, in my previous building, we had a standard, it was twice a month meeting after school for an hour and a half. So it was a three hour commitment. It was paid. It was part of the contractual obligation. So there was a little bit more structure in my current role. We've done the membership a little bit more fluidly. The, The building teams have really decided who they want to represent their team. So my fourth grade team, my second grade team, you know, would just sort of put forth the person. And that's worked out okay so far, because that way they know... Some, they're rotating. And so they, mm. they want a different person to be on the team, which I very much support because over time, then I'm, I, I, have, um, I have more teachers who have then be, been a part of the leadership team and therefore then understand sort of what it means to be a building leader. Sure. Now, as you're talking about this, I'm wondering, are there key characteristics that you're looking for to add value to the team? Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. So I, I am and and I think I want someone who is eager to to share their voice, um, both from a I want to hear their voice and they've got good things to say. And I know that they're going to be a powerful and a strong leader within the building. But I also want to have the balance of those dissenting voices that I think um, we as leaders sometimes struggle with how to balance. You know, I think when I was a, a newer principal, it was oof, like, I don't want their voice to be the, to be at the table because I'm going to have to then figure out what to do with it when they disagree with all of the work that we're doing. And now I think I realize no, I need their voice at the table so that the other 
you know, team leaders, the other building leaders, the other teachers can can hear that. And then we can work through it more collaboratively. I'm more comfortable with having some of those more outspoken dissenting voices. So I want someone who is is going to speak up. But I also then, sometimes you have those teachers where you think they need some some fostering, they need some development, mm-hmm. and, and they're, they've got something to say. And so I try to to help teams understand some of your quieter, some of your more soft-spoken, but when they say something, people listen. So those are the ones I I want on the team too. So trying to find a balance of perspectives, um, experience. So in my current team, I have teachers who have been in the building for 20, 25 years. And then I have someone who's been, this is I think her fourth year ever teaching. So really a range of experiences, um, I think is helpful. Yeah. I want to connect back to something you said at the very beginning when it was that model of them coming in with a list of questions and then the transition (laughs) to this structured leadership team. As you were talking, I'm thinking, gosh, you must have had to build some psychological safety for folks to be able to come and be the dissenting voice. So if someone's listening that maybe says, "I, I don't have a leadership team and I need to build one, are there any thoughts you have in terms of how you you built that trust and safety for folks to be able to speak authentically themselves? Absolutely. I mean, I think you have to you have to show up, right? You have to be who you are and say what you're what you say and do what you're what we what you say you're going to do over and over and over again. And I think I think it's the long game, right? Like I think there's so much to do in education. And I think maybe even more so now than pre-pandemic or five years ago. I just think we are asked to do so much and to accomplish so much. much. (laughs) And we carry so much on our shoulders around students and, um, and the pressure of helping them learn and grow. But I think with leadership work, we all just need to like take a pause. And, and so when I started my current position, you know, I, I said to myself, I got, I have to give myself about five years and, and that's a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I'm starting year three. And so when I said to myself, like, I've got five years to like do what I think needs to be done in this role. And part of it was to reestablish that trust of, of I'm going to help you and I'm going to help you be the best teacher you can be. And I'm going to help us as a system to have a, a positive climate and culture um, and it's not going to come overnight. And so I, I think once I like gave myself a little bit of a pass to say, I don't need to prove that I'm trustworthy within the first six weeks or the first two interactions with staff. Mm-hmm. Like I just need to do it over and over and over again. I think that helped them. And like I said, it was about the end of the first year of them doing all these questions where they finally like, and then it was, I could use humor and say like, guys, this is funny. Like, like you're saving all these questions and you're asking and they laughed and, mm-hmm. and we were all like in this safe space. So I think it's just really taking the time and showing your true character over time, over and over again. Sure. And I imagine it's also how you structure the time when they come in that space. So I want to talk about something that I saw in your presentation that was a good eye opener for us is the difference between norms and working agreements. So can yeah. you talk about that? Yeah. So one of the things I, I attended, I think it was February of 2020. So right before the whole world shut down, a week-long training through Thinking Collaborative. Um, mm-hmm. It was it's called Adaptive Schools. They have a book, they have a week-long training, they have it was eye-opening. And a lot of their work is is centered around the idea of the differences between 
when you establish a team, any kind of team that you work with, working agreements versus norms of collaboration. And so, you know, I was so used to setting up a team and establishing norms. And the norms always sounded like uh, stay on task or like uh, only answer your cell phone in case of emergency or like, mm-hmm. you know, those little nitty gritty things. And this whole notion of working agreements, th- those are those sorts of things, things that are specific to the team that you have in front of you that you need to establish. But the norms of collaboration are really what I was trying to get at, which is when we're together, these are these seven traits or understandings that we're going to agree to. So one of them's pausing. And so we talked about how as a team, someone might put an idea out there and then we're going to let some time sit. We might pause and think about what other people are going to say or paraphrasing. We did a whole bunch of work as a leadership team practicing paraphrasing. Um, mm. And I actually worked with my administrative colleagues with the same notion because I was sharing with them how powerful it is to talk about paraphrasing and teaching people explicitly how to paraphrase. And uh, the rest of my my building principles that I work with, they were like, wow, like, can we practice it? So we did a whole like meeting where we practice saying like, okay, someone's going to share an idea and then you're going to paraphrase it back. And we talked about how powerful it is sometimes when you're in the middle of a conversation just to, to paraphrase what the person's saying so that it, you know, so that everyone's on the same page and you're all sort of understanding. One of the other norms of agreement is posing ideas. And so sometimes you have a team that needs that prompt or that prodding to, share and I brainstorm, just put it out there so that we have it on the table so that then we can work, work forward. So, you know, the norms of agreement, I think helped us work collaboratively. I think they really helped our teams understand that we have to have all of us at the table and we have to have everybody talking and working together. Otherwise it's just me, you know, like sharing ideas Mm -hmm. and that isn't the point. The point is to have this leadership team so that we can really work together and, and have, and have better ideas. So, um, I've, I've found them to be pretty powerful with my teams. Were were there any of the working agreements that, or the norms, sorry, I'm see my language needs to change. It's hard. I know (laughs) any of the norms that your folks really struggled with the most. Um, so one of them is paying attention to self and others. Mm. And I think that's one that takes a lot of intention because sometimes in a setting, you know, when I was talking about that balance of, of the types of people who are on the leadership team, some of them want to talk, right? They want to just share their idea. They want to share, share, share. And so they're really good at posing their idea, but the idea of, of, scanning the room and looking and seeing, oh, like this person's got a, has a look on their face, like cueing into others' body language or how they're participating or not participating. That's a hard one. And I think it's, it's been a really, it's been a really good one. The other one is around providing data and, you know, this is another thing, right? Like in schools, we have so much data, so much mm-hmm. data, so much student data. And this has been one where my particular team, we look at data, but they really shy away from having authentic conversation. And so that's been one that we've sort of just scratched the surface on as one of the norms of collaboration because they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we know how to look at that student data, but they're just not quite ready. They're not quite comfortable enough, I think, to really dig in authentically with it. So that's another one that I feel like um, 
we've got some work to do. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about just the agenda creation, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that could be the the principal's agenda. So how do you go about just what's going to talk about? What what are you going to talk about and what that meeting is going to be about? Yeah. So I think having some flexibility around how you create the agenda is helpful. And I think that's helpful, ties back to what we talked about earlier around trust and collaboration and Mm -hmm. having the teachers feel like this is a worthwhile time for them too. So I allow, I allow teachers to add agenda items. I sort of structure the agenda in a couple of different chunks. And one of them is allowing some time still for that Q and a part of what, you know, when I tried to shift it away from just a whole meeting filled with Mm -hmm. them rapid firing part of what they said was, well, we still want the time to ask you because sometimes the questions might be relevant to everybody and we want everyone to hear it. And I said, okay, well, we can still do that, but we're going to have to shrink the time and we're going to have to, to put it on there in a, in a really short amount of time. And they were, they were good with that. And so they've been good about, they're particular about what they put on. And so sometimes they'll say something like, you know, Hey, I put this on as a third grade teacher because I think it's going to impact first grade and fifth grade too. And most of the time they're right. So that's been good. Um, but then the other items at the beginning of the year, I, I typically try to set forth some some goals and talk about, you know, okay, so this year we really need to accomplish helping our teachers with this implementation of this new initiative or we're, you know, refocusing on PBIS. And so at this leadership team, you know, what portion of that do we want to have our hand in? And having them have some control and some voice in and how we do the work and what we do. So I think mm-hmm. that helps with some of that relationship piece too, and that trust, because they're a driving force behind what the agendas really look like and what we're going to tackle and how we're going to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, how do you sustain their energy over the year? Are there some things you're doing, touch points or feedback loops throughout the year with them? Yeah, I think... Um, I I think that that is a, it's a tricky one, right? Like I think we get to the middle of the year and I think the timing of the meetings has been a a struggle for us. We have some time before the start of the day, before kids come that historically they've been using for these meetings. And so we've, I've kept with that these last two years I've been there. And so that's made it even a little bit trickier because, you know, we haven't started the day yet. So they are fresh, right? They're excited. Mm -hmm. They're, they're not, you know, they haven't had a rough day yet. You know, they're, they're, they're still the promise of that day, but they also have all the things that they have to do, you know, to get ready for their day. And so sometimes it feels like they're um, a little bit split between two places. So I think sharing the agenda in advance, being really clear about what we're going to talk about, being clear about what they need to do in advance, if there's something they need to prepare. And then I try to build in some learning aspects, some leadership work, so that it's not so task oriented. And that's a little bit of what I had shared at the NASPE a presentation too, is just the balance of, of you're trying to help foster leaders. And, and, and that's part of a lot of, I think the teachers who want to be on a leadership team, they're interested in, in kind of dipping their toe in the water around yeah. leadership. And so helping them build some of those skills while also task accomplishing and just doing some of that, like, you know, nitty gritty work too. So trying to balance that in mid year, I try to up a little bit more of the like leadership work so that it, it maybe sparks them a little bit more around the work that we're doing. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. So Courtney, for new administrators, what do you think is the most important tip you would give about creating successful leadership teams? Um, I think, you know, go slow to go fast. I think Mm -hmm. take your time and be, you know, thoughtful and intentional about how you craft your team and know that, you know, it's not about the end, uh, how much you accomplish in that, in that one year. I think it's about how you're building the structure that's going to sustain over time. That is fantastic. Okay, so we're going to we're going to pause on this conversation. So listeners will know we usually do a fast 5, but we're going to reserve that because Courtney's going to be back for a part 2 where we go into facilitative strategies of leadership teams. So Courtney, thank you for joining me so much today and you'll be back soon. Awesome. Thank you. Courtney is amazing, right? I would love to hear your takeaways from today's episode. So please share the episode and tag me on Twitter at Dr. Shana Henry or Instagram at Principles of Success with your favorite part. Courtney will be my guest next week as we talk about the strategies she uses to facilitate group meetings. Trust me, you won't want to miss it. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.